This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I'm joined from Fakatani by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? Very well indeed. How was your weekend? It was amazing, actually. We had the Eastern Bay, well, the Horizon Energy Eastern Bay of Plenty Business Excellence Awards. And um, it was an incredible celebration of everything that's great about the Eastern Bay of Plenty, our resilience, our connectedness, and just this beautiful willingness on behalf of the whole community to celebrate the goodness. It was amazing, Sam. I loved it. How was yours? My weekend was good. I'm just hoping that you managed to talk to a lot of those people. Again, we're going to have them on the show. I did. And we're starting with Rona, who actually I spoke to a couple of weeks about this, but then I saw her again last night. So I said, we need to catch up Rona and do this. So um, it is my great pleasure to introduce Rona to our listeners. Um, Rona is describes herself as a desk fit creative with a love of mountains, tramping and cheese. And actually, she's this remarkable person who writes beautiful things about her many adventures and about beautiful food that she eats and her view of the world. And it's really lovely to he- have you here with us today, Rona. Thanks for sharing. Kia ora, and thanks for having me. So where are you, Rona? Uh, currently, I'm in Fakatani, which is my usual base. And were you there for the, the big lockdown last year? Yeah, I sure was. It was a very interesting time, definitely. So were you working during the lockdown? Yeah, I was very fortunate that I could work from home being a graphic designer. And uh, yeah, it was just, it's a very, it was a very interesting time. It was very quiet in my neighbourhood. So it was very productive, actually. So being a graphic designer, is that what leads you to describe yourself as a, what was that, desk fit creative with a love of the mountains, tramping and cheese? Yeah, it's, um, well, it, the desk fit creative wasn't an original. I actually had come across uh, another engineer uh, who described himself as a desk fit creator, well, a desk fit in, um, tramper or hiker. And and I just love it because it, it really is. I mean, I can only really you know sort of go away on weekends and I'm not in the best shape of my life um but I certainly don't let that you know stop me from going out tramping so it would have been 
a bit of a challenge in the, the lockdown or did you manage to get out and about in your local area as, as much as we were allowed? I think I did a, a, a few laps around my neighbourhood. I was running <laughs> and it was really interesting because I would go one way and I would run into people who were going the opposite way. So, you know, we'd both kind of get to know people that you, you wouldn't normally see, but they would be running in the same neighbourhood as you. So, you know, it was it was cool. I got to meet a lot of different people uh, during that time. And you were working from home. How did that go? Well, there were there were three adults in our house, so it was it was a lot probably a lot easier than those who had to to juggle uh, looking after young children. Uh, so my sister was studying, and my dad was also working from home. And it was pretty quiet, you know, we were sort of just doing our own thing. And then my mum came back uh, sort of a couple of months later from the Philippines. And it was probably a lot harder when there were four of us in the house. It would have been a challenging time when she was stuck in another country. Was she stuck in another country? Yeah. So my my mum was fortunate enough to, you know, she's retired now, so she spends... I guess every three months flying between here and the Philippines where my brother and his family live. And so unfortunately she got stuck in to Manila, went into lockdown a week before New Zealand went into lockdown. So she couldn't leave the country at all. So yeah, I think she was stuck for about uh, a couple of months before there were the, the connecting flights. And, but Luckily for her, you know, she was with family, so it wasn't really, I guess, an issue in that sense because we knew at least she was safe uh, and she didn't have to, to spend anything extra to to be living in, in the Philippines at that time. So how's your brother getting on? So the Philippines is still in lockdown, and so my so, so they're, they're working from home. Uh, and my niece and nephew, they're, they're going to school, you know, via Zoom and, and things like that. So their lives are very different to, to what we're experiencing here in New Zealand. Mm. Let's take the first of your music tracks. Let's have an 80s power ballad. Let's have Glory of Love by Peter Cetera. Why this one? So it reminds me of back when I was living in the Philippines and I was a big fan of the Karate Kid trilogy, well, series. And it's one of my, the, the, I guess, the last movies I remember uh, when I was living there as a kid. And I just, I love that song. It just, it's something very nostalgic about it.
show we're going to ask you what your superpower is they were singing there about the hero you're dreaming of who are your heroes i'd have to say i'd have to say my parents in in the sense that they're probably one of the you know they're migrants and and i think i take it for granted exactly you know how much sacrifice they they in their own lives, you know, to to bring us kids to New Zealand, and I guess as an adult and having travelled and knowing how hard it is to adjust to a life in in a totally different country, I think I have a, a greater appreciation of exactly what my parents did so many years ago to to give us those opportunities. So to me, my 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 superheroes are always going to be my parents. That was a good answer. Now you have to get them to listen. And the rest of your introduction is a love of the mountains, tramping, and cheese. But we'll come to that. So, are you are you like the rest of New Zealand, rushing about madly inside New Zealand at the moment? I I, I do in a way. Like I go in the weekends. Uh, I guess because I, I do work full time, and. 
I just make the most most of the free time that I do have. Probably not madly is not the word I would say. I I like to go a little bit slower these days just because, you know, to me it's not about how much I see. Uh it's it's just really enjoying the moment and sort of spending time in in the bush. Yeah, for me it it's not about how much I travel, it's just enjoying yeah, being in the moment. Maybe that's one, going to be one of the good things that comes out of the pandemic is that we realise that we don't need to be rushing about so much. Definitely. When we're allowed out again, what's on your what's on your list? Where are you off to? I'm currently saving up. Uh, so one of three places. I would love to visit my sister who lives in Germany with her husband we've never been there so it'll be kind of cool to to see where she lives that the life that she's she's having there and she's having an awesome time they also love you know nature and and things like that so i'd love to be able to visit her there and the other two would be the philippines so i can see my brother and his family and and see our family there and somewhere down the track i'd love to head back to peru uh to visit my my friends over there have you been there before? Yeah, so I actually spent a, a year living in Peru a couple of years ago. So I came back uh, a few months before the lockdown. So I was very lucky in that sense. It, you know, wasn't even in the radar at that time. I was just coming home because I was getting short on cash. Uh, but I, I loved it. It was the most amazing year of my life, I guess. They don't seem to be doing very well in the COVID yeah uh yeah um my friends are good but they said you know they're, they're still very much in and out of lockdown and there's there's a lot of restrictions for them and obviously because being a developing nation they don't they don't have the same level of of health care and and obviously the vaccine you know rollout isn't the same as as it is in new zealand so i guess you know i've always counted myself very fortunate that i came back when i did so graphic designer, has the has COVID, has, has the lockdown, has the pandemic changed the, the work you're doing and how you do it? So when lockdown happened, I mean, to be fair, a, a lot of what we did was we did a whole lot of signage uh, just to, you know, because I mean, you, you have to inform people and things like that. Um, but on the whole, I, I feel the industry itself hasn't really changed. I mean what I do at the council. Um, oh, we did, we couldn't do a lot of the events, which is uh, what the majority of my work there was. So we, we sort of did a lot more of the the day-to-day, -day, I guess, typical council uh, jobs. But I, yeah, I was very lucky that I could work from home. And yeah, so I guess most of what I did during the lockdown and I guess a few months after was, I guess, the bread and butter of what you would do, uh, what you would expect from from council. Are you seeing that there's a change in the messaging that that we're communicating? I'm thinking about how, if you look back to adverts that were made pre-COVID, not only are people sitting close together and that's kind of weird, but the the messaging seems to be a bit of then seems to be a bit more sort of self-centered, and and. It seems to me that now whatever people are trying to sell or the message that people are, tell, are telling 
it does seem to be a lot more community minded. Yeah, um, it's it's really interesting, like uh, observation, because I've I also talked to people about this in that I felt, you know, the few months after we were, you know, starting to be allowed to to hang out a bit more and and be more out in public, I actually felt I almost forgot how to socialize, and you know, like we were, it was very disconnected. And then I guess, you know, we started seeing these images of rock concerts, you know, with 50,000 people. And I guess people overseas who are in the midst of, of lockdown and things, they just, they couldn't understand, like, how that could be happening in New Zealand. And, you know, like, uh, as Mawara mentioned last night, I saw her at the the Business Awards and, you know, that the the, the greatest focus was really saying, you know, we came through this as a community. Um, and yeah, it, it's a really interesting time. I think, you know, two years, well, a year on from, from that time is that we only now getting to really understand what we went through and how severe it was and how much it changed the way we look at our normal. Yeah, do you think that have we gone back to the old the old normal or is it something different? I think it's always in the back of my mind, you know, whenever there are events and things like that. Like I was saying that to my, you know, the, the people in our table is that, you know, pre-COVID, we would never think, oh, yeah, you know, you know, tracing apps and things like that. But any event now where we go to, you are mindful who is in that room. Because at any one time, you know, they say, actually, there was someone there that ended up, you know, testing uh, positive. Everyone in that room would then require to be tested. And, and I think it's, it's, it's a mindset shift. You know, like for me before, I, I didn't really mind who, who, who would turn up to events. But now you're like, oh, wait, who was at the event? What, was I there? Did I make contact with that person? So it's a, it's a very... Um, yeah, for, for me personally, I didn't used to care, but now you have to. The government stuck to its guns on the design of the messaging around COVID. It's pretty simple and it's yellow and kind of stick figurey. Mm-hmm. Do they right. s- steal most of it from Pack and Save, I think? That, that's what I actually <laughs> said. <laughs> when, when we saw a lot of the uh, – because, you know, we, we – being in local government, we saw a lot of the the messaging ahead of time. And I said, I wonder if the, these were the same people that, that do pack and saves advertising because there was very similar, you know, but I, I could understand, I guess, it, like wh- why they did this. It's, I guess it's that sense of familiarity. Um, yeah. And, you know, like everyone can relate to it without looking like they spent millions of dollars on, on their campaign, which I'm sure they did. <laughs> so is there a design guide for people like in councils who are making stuff to communicate council messages uh yeah so because i work in in the comms and engagement team anything that comes directly from central government uh they would give us collateral and and sort of give us guidance in terms of the correct messaging that you know to, to keep it consistent 
And so they did provide us a lot of that collateral so that uh, all our messaging, so every council would have access to this. And it allows, I guess, allows us to spread the correct message. So, so that, because they, they wouldn't have done centrally, this is the sign for a swimming pool, this is the sign for a library. You might have had to come mm-hmm. up with those, but using their guidelines... Yes, that's right. So I mean, we we were given um, so we were given guidelines in terms of I guess what was um, like well everyone had access to that you know what was expected in level four and level three you know onto level one, um, but it was yeah within councils to um, to to create those signage and and basically communicate to to everyone within those departments and then. Uh, our team would then produce a lot of that that signage and that messaging to keep it all consistent. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokunui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mihi aroha nui, kia koutou, kua tahuaho. I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars and your beloved universes. I really hope wherever you are, what's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding, very sustaining and illuminating for you more and more each day, who you are. A triumph of nature's art. Perfect, unique and here making things better. Thank you. Now I know for all of us this more than a, a year that has passed has affected us all and just as we are each experiencing reality in a completely individual way I know that this global pandemic has affected us all differently as individuals, but also collectively we can find comfort in the sense that we are all experiencing this together and we're all being affected by this together. I know that for me, as I'm sure for, for many of us, our sense of identity has shifted and changed. New aspects of ourselves have had to come forward and and be there to support us and those we love and parts of ourselves perhaps that we had forgotten about have had to come forward and of course whenever I work with my lovely groups I love to say we have all the skills all the time which I do think is true many of these skills are latent and then they're called forth when we need them and I think that's happened for all of us over this time Part, of course, of what can also happen when things shift and change around us quite unexpectedly and in completely new ways is that our sense of self can also go through a series of transitions and translations. And nowadays when we are spending much of our time on technology, verifying who we are with various passwords, and this is, of course, very important that we can navigate this cyber realm as ourselves of course we are also being called into question in other realms of the world to assert who we are and understand who we are and for me I feel it's very important again that we're kind and compassionate to ourselves in this process that in fact we have myriad selves so many different parts of ourselves more than we can count or understand and of course, we know that our, our individuality, our personality, our spark of life and of consciousness is so precious and so different. 
and yet as part of the collective life force, as part of the infinite co-evolution process that the whole universe is undertaking together. So we are one with, with all other sparks of life and consciousness throughout time and space, forever and ever, which is quite nice, really. So I think that, for me, I'm really enjoying the sense of freedom that this time has given me, as unsettling and challenging as it has been, to allow old aspects of myself that don't need to be here anymore, using a, using energy and, and don't need to be here because they were from a, a previous time. They can, can go and enjoy themselves in other ways and enjoying new aspects of myself that are coming forward and seeing this in others and celebrating this in others and acknowledging in others when they're dealing with things in really new ways and I haven't seen those aspects of them before and how exciting it is. So I really hope for you that however your sense of self has has shifted and changed and is evolving, that you can take the time and the space for yourself that you need to take a wee step back and really enjoy that process and feel really proud and feel really happy with how well you've done. And seeing that in others, if you can enjoy noticing those shifts and changes in those around you and encouraging them and complimenting them too. What a wonderful and joyous transformatory journey we're on together and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much. Kakiti. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Rona Funtala. Rona, I've known you for a long time um, since you were like really young and um, I don't know, maybe about 15 years, I think. And uh, I've just seen this. You've always been this incredible creative in all the years that I've known you. And I wonder what was the um, the driver for that? Where did your creativity come from? I don't really know. I mean, there, there, <laughs> it's a funny thing. I, I kind of stumble onto a lot of my creative pursuits, to be fair. Um, like I didn't do any art during high school and I, I kind of stumbled into graphic design out of a desire not to do a university degree that I was kind of like, oh, you know. So I, to be fair, I kind of stumble into a lot of the things that I really enjoy now. Like I stumbled into dance. I stumbled into musical theatre. Um, but all of them, you know, like I just, yeah. I just really enjoy. Do you, um, a lot of the work that you do for council at the moment and work you've done in the past is is about events. You were talking about that before. So it requires you to be future thinking all the time. So your future thinking for other organisations as you're being creative for them, do you future think for yourself much? Yeah. Well, I mean, just, just going back to in terms of events. So I... I, I work on the design side of things, but I don't have to create those events as such. So I'm more of a, I guess, a, a visual support for, for those events. In terms of my, I guess, in my own life, um, I do have uh, short-term, mid-term and long-term goals. Not as detailed as I would love them to be, and they're very flexible. Um, 
you know, something as adulting as I would love to be able to afford a mortgage. <laughs> Uh, but that's sort of in the far distant future, you know, is where the market's at the moment. But but things like um, doing tramping and things like that, you know, I'm very, I guess, I do better when I'm when I'm setting goals for myself, and and that's the same with graphic design. You know, we're very deadline orientated, and so if I actually have something to aim towards, I tend to be far more motivated and get things done. One of the things I've noticed um, about the kids, the kids of today, with so much, so much negativity happening around them all the time, they're constantly being fed negative messaging about the future, and um, and I see that they have this real inability to set goals to be able to imagine anything beyond now. Do you? Um, how how do you, when you are faced with negativity in your life, how do you bridge that gap over the where you're at in that moment into the future? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I mean, I'm when when I think back to when I was in high school, I was definitely a far far different woman then. So I guess I'll I'll speak to now, and I guess. <sighs> I mean, I've shifted a lot in terms of my mindset in that, you know, in, in one sense, I went through a big phase of just living in the now and being really mindful of everything that I was being. Um, but in terms of goal setting, I don't know. Like, I've worked with young people, and to be fair, if if you give them a certain set of boundaries or you give them guidance in terms of you know what you want them to think about i've never really encountered that the issue of them thinking you know far ahead like i i think i think what it is is sometimes us adults we impose limitations on them and and they almost feel like they can't they can't give us, you know, the, the greater visions for the future because we're quite quick to to shut it down. And and so I, I don't know, like for me, in my work with young people, I've not really encountered that um, that sense of they can't visual, visualize or, or goal set for their future. Well, that is very positive. Hmm. It's really, I don't know, like, it, it's a it's really interesting question. And m maybe it's just the way we approach it. Um, I know, certainly, I've learned to be quiet and be a more active listener when it comes to listening to young people, because I feel often, you know, it's very easy for us to say, no, that's not right. Or no, you should do it that way. When at the end of the day, we'll all make mistakes or we'll all find our own way. And I think my role as an adult when a young person comes to me with their, you know, with their hopes and dreams is to sit back and to listen and to guide and to mentor and, and just allow them to verbalize what it is that they actually want for themselves and to say, yeah, go for it, you know, go 
go give it a go give it yeah I, I find we try and limit them by by telling them that they need to fit into a certain box in the way that they pursue whatever it is that they want to do it's been um it's been quite interesting uh talking to kids and having them say pretty much exactly what you said when it comes and i actually believe that the solutions to the problems that we're facing as a people at the moment like a global people lie with our children because they they've got so much skin in the game hey they're the ones who are suffering for every single decision that we make we're we're making their future challenged and and that and what you're saying is is exactly what i'm hearing from the young people as well that um, they're told no all the time and disempowered from um, being able to continue thinking that way so I, I really love I love hearing um, that that's been your experience are you still involved with kids now in your work now and then um, I've sort of stepped back a lot I mean most of that work that I did was when I had the dance studio um, I'm mentoring a couple of girls now for uh, as, as dancers um, but I'm, I haven't been in the last couple of years, you know, as heavily involved as, as I used to when I had the dance studio. Uh, I guess if anyone reaches out to me or uh, anything like that, I, I'd be open to that. But I guess because I wanted to use this time in my own uh, goal setting and just, I guess, following what it is that I want to do in my journey, uh, I haven't actively uh, given that time as I used to. Hmm. Do you think that the kids who are, if you're working with kids who are dancing, you can kind of assume that they've got that level of creativity. And do you think it's those kids who are more creative that more naturally can vision a future? Well, it's, it's a really interesting thing because um, I recently went to a design thinking workshop and I've always believed this and that anyone can be creative because creativity is, is a process. It's a way of thinking. And so even though, you know, we say someone is naturally creative or, you know, open to these things, it's not something that you pluck out of thin air. You know, I think there's like this uh, mystery that people say, oh, you're so creative, you know, like people always think of it as something that just happens magically. And to some people, I think, it's a natural way of thinking, yes, uh, but anyone can be creative. It, whatever medium it is that you pursue, um, it, it's more of a, it's a logical way of processing information and data and, and how you come to a conclusion. So creativity is almost, I guess, hand in hand with something more scientific than it is, you know, something airy-fairy that I think a lot of people see creativity as. Mm. Let's take the second of your music choices. Let's have the Eagles, the heart of the matter. Why this one? I, I don't know about you, but when whenever you listen to something on YouTube or you watch something on YouTube, it it obviously has the algorithm and finds uh, music or videos uh, that are similar to what you you naturally listen to. And because I do listen to a lot of eighties ballads, that popped up, and I'd forgotten about it, and then it popped up probably a couple of weeks ago and it's just been on repeat. I love it. Such a good song. 
got the call today that I didn't want to hear, but I knew that it would come. An old true friend of ours was talking on the phone. She said you found someone. And I thought of all the bad luck and the struggles we went through. Outside love's open door Make us throw off our contentment And beg for something more
I do want to talk about cheese, but you distracted me by talking Again. about musical theatre. What got you into musical theatre? Uh, I used to work for the regional council, and so that was my very first job as a graphic designer. And one of the women there, her name's Cherie, and she's still a good friend of mine, and she told me about uh, an audition she was going to for the local theatre, so uh, Theatre Fakatani. And so, yeah, I had never done anything like that before. And I said, okay, let's give it a go. And that was that was it, really. So I thought you were going to say, I worked for the regional council, so I was used to comedic farces. <laughs> I do work for local government, so I know how to uh, PC. <laughs> so what do you like about musical theatre? I really enjoyed the, the performing side of it, I think, because I was very shy all throughout high school you know um people always i think are very surprised when they meet me now when i say i was very shy and i think it really brought it out of my shell and i learned a lot of skills in terms of presentation and you know understanding space and holding you know energy when when you're on stage and performing and i just love it i i'm not you know a soloist but i'm great in a group and I learned, you know, I just, I learned a lot of skills within musical theatre that I still use today. What was the favourite thing you were in? We did Grease. I think that was one of the last musicals I was part of. So we did, yeah, we did Grease a few, a few years ago. We have seen lots of changes in the last year and a half. Changes in our society, the global society. What do you think is going to stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? I think there will be, I think airline travel will, is forever changed. I don't think we will go back to the same ease that we had. Uh, it may get easier, but I don't think it will be the same as what it used to be. Um, but what I do hope sticks is supporting domestic tourism and, and actually just being curious about our own country. Um, I've been living in New Zealand for 30 years and there's just still so much for me to discover about the country. And I think a lot of us New Zealanders have taken, you know, our backyard for granted. And I, I think it will, uh, you know, to what frequency, I'm not sure. But I think it's definitely opened a lot of our eyes to how wonderful our own backyard is. What lessons do you think we can take from the pandemic and the pandemic response for the bigger sorts of questions that we face, things like climate change and social justice? I think time will tell. Um, there's, I think it's definitely given us the platform to, to, to think about the bigger picture. But I feel, I feel that we're, we're still not quite there. Um, it's, it's, it's really at the tip of most of our tongues, but I think we're still, you know, just, kind of in denial of it and it's going to take I don't know it, it sounds really bad but I almost feel like it's some it's going to take something even 
bigger than a pandemic, whatever that is, um, to really open our eyes that, you know, these are things that we just can't ignore. And for most of us, you know, we, we know it's there, um, but I think because we still, you know, can, can live as normally as we do here, um, it's still very much something that, you know, it's in the back of our minds. So what is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Personally, I feel that I've learned and found it a lot easier now to have hard conversations and just learning to speak my mind in in an honest, authentic way without disregarding other people's feelings but saying, hey, you know, this is me, this is who I am, and being unapologetic, being apologetic about it. So we talked about heroes before. We are writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in that team of people. What's your superpower? What got you into the mansion? I'm, I'm very good at reading energy in the room. So if you and I had a conversation, hopefully you would be open enough to allow me into whatever it is that you are thinking about and you and I can have an amazing conversation about it. So do you consider yourself to be an activist? At grassroots level, yes. Uh, I, I'm probably not the kind of person that would normally speak up first. But I tend to be someone who would do the work uh, without having to really tell anyone about it. I think that, that to me, I prefer to take action rather than being the face of a cause. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Coffee? No. Um, I think just knowing that there is always going to be something better for me. Uh, I Something I've, I've worked a lot on. But yeah, mostly coffee. I'll, I'll be honest. What's the best cheese? Or it uh, depends on the mood, but if I if I'm feeling uh if I if it's payday, I'd probably buy a little block of Emmental cheese, uh, maybe some goat's cheese with honey and a bit of roasted walnuts. Yeah, that's kind of like my I guess my uh, guilty pleasures. So, what's the biggest challenge or opportunity you're looking forward to in the next year or two? This year, I'm, I got back into spoken word. So I'm actually heading down to Christchurch to represent the Bay of Plenty in the finals of the uh, national spoken word competition. So that's something I'm focusing on in the, I guess, in the short term. And just yeah, hopefully I'm trying to finish my second book, which is touch and go in terms of my motivation to write it um yeah a bit of writer's block at the moment so that's something i'm looking forward to and lastly do you have any advice for our listeners this is something i always talk about with people uh because they ask me you know how do you, how do you get to do all these things you know how, how do you make it happen and i say fear is not a hard yes or no you know, a lot of people, for example, I say, I go rock climbing and say, oh, I can't do that. I'm scared of heights. So it's a yes or no for them. So look at fear or whatever it is that you want to do. Look at fear as a spectrum or, or a measurement. And whatever it is that you want to do, there will be a tipping point in that fear. So instead of trying to, 
not be scared of something, find that tipping point. You know, how, where can you go that allows you to take a step towards whatever it is that you want to do? Um, yeah, so think of fear as a unit of measurement rather than a yes or no. And, and that way, and when you take a step towards whatever it is that you want to achieve, um, it sets uh, the wheel of mo in motion of, of um, yeah, achieving your goals. That, that's how I've, you know, made changes in my life. Thank you for that. Mawera. Rona, it's just lovely um, watching your adventures around the world. And I'll um, just share the name of your website with our listeners, which is Five Foot Rona. Is it .com or .co.nz? Uh, dot com so five foot rona dot com and rona with two ends and That's um, right. and i love i love that page there's all your adventures and just all the cool stuff that you do but just you know you're such a creative and you're you've given so much of your creativity to our community and you're an amazing role model for our young women and i thank you for that because it, it, it's at this time i think role models matter more than perhaps ever before that you're someone who just goes out and does stuff and that gives other people the courage to do the same so thank you for that thanks for being you sandy oh, wow, that's very kind of you thank you tell me about it stay
listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every Monday, Wednesday and Friday afternoons at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We've had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. Uh, this is John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John from the Greece soundtrack. I'm Samuel Mansoy's Bay Dededen and I have been joined by Moira Kalatai and Rona Fontella from Fakatani. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.